Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. Welcome to Weekly Jump, presented as part of the Geekly Grind Podcast Network. This is our weekly episode reviewing first impressions of newer anime and manga titles. Let's jump in. Hey everybody, welcome to another Weekly Jump, where we jump weekly, just one time. (laughs) You got it. You just Um, jump once, and then you do... I guess the Charleston. I don't know. You it's, know, you know how that dance goes. It's ladies' night here on Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. In that, both of these shows are sort of about female protagonists. <laughs> oh man, can we talk about the? We're going to talk anime. about our manga first. <laughs> oh, you want to talk about the manga first? Okay, so the manga. Uh, is JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 6, Stone Ocean. Now, uh, if you haven't been listening uh, for very long, you might not realize that Spencer and I covered the anime versions of Parts 1, 2, and 3 in their entirety, and in general did not like them almost at all. Um, We stopped covering uh, them because we didn't like them and we felt like we had suffered enough. I have since watched a little bit of part four and then we as a podcast went back and watched i believe the first three episodes of part four together uh for a crossover episode and uh generally agreed that we thought that part four was better than any of the first three parts at all uh based off of preliminary results um since then i have not read or seen any of part five and i really didn't know anything about part six although upon reading it i was reminded that this is the first female jojo yeah and uh it uh by female jojo (laughs) what he means is a drawn female still completely male jojo (laughs) yeah i can't tell if she is a tomboy or if this is a man writing a woman badly or a man writing a woman badly for men. Uh, I think it's one of the first two. <laughs> because the sensibilities of this writer are something that we don't vibe with, but a lot of people like. And he seems to be a throw it at the wall and see what sticks. Weird, weird man with a lot of... Uh, tendencies to allude to like sexual stuff so i don't know that this is so much of him trying to be fan servicey with his protagonist as it is just him being himself through the lens of a character that now happens to be female yeah i i was i was left uh i was left being like okay they they had some fun powers and now i feel like the the thing that's missing here is no longer the fun powers because I think that he has figured those out. Um, like her ability to like unravel herself is pretty dope. Um, yeah, it's gross and it's very interesting. Yeah. But here's the thing. And this is where I land about this manga as well. Jojo doesn't do it for me for the writing style nor the character design. And that is where the show loses me and the manga loses me because that's, that's always the thing that I've run up against to, you know, like you can have really stylized characters that are not, you know, 
in normal people's reality. And, you know, I, I mean, I'm a huge lover of Bleach, and Bleach is full of people that don't really exist out in the world normally. Yeah, uh, um, even even th- more than that, Soul Eater is a bit almost cartoony, but it's just so slick and stylish. Yeah, and JoJo's is definitely has a style. Um, I wouldn't call it stylish. And that's just my opinion, and maybe I'm just being, you know, petty. But at the same <laughs> time, I... I think the thing that loses me the most is the way that the characters are just so soap opera. Um, you can, you can almost, and some people love this about it, but you can almost hear the sound cues in your head when you're reading the manga and it like cuts to one thing. Like I could hear like the da 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 or like the da da da, like the, the underscore playing or like the stings playing when things happen on screen or in the manga. Um, yeah. It just, it, it definitely is one of those things that is not something I enjoy. And I think that that's one of the biggest pitfalls of it. And that is, that also kind of parlays into how all, all of the different characters have kind of weird and interesting sensibilities, but they're, mired down and also weird soap opera bullshit. Yeah. I would also say Jojo's from our time watching it and from some of the stuff that people who know the series better or uh, that listen to our show and maybe participate in our discord or um, even some just Jojo's fans out in the wild that I've happened to cross. It seems to be a well-known fact that there is a uh, certain degree of misogyny that just shows up every couple of chapters or episodes or whatever in Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. Um, and, you know, part six is pretty recent. I think they're on like part eight now, but part six, I believe came out after you and I started making our podcast. Like it's, it's modern era ma- manga in a way that the original Jojo's Bizarre Adventure is not. And, I don't know. It's still got that sort of like sexual violence against women aesthetic or aspect to it that is just really regrettable. And I'm definitely one of those people who is like, you can have, you can have terrible things in your media. You can have things that people are uncomfortable with. You can have things that are, you know, you can show, you can show these atrocities on a grand scale, on a, on a small scale. I would say that, you know, sexual violence against women is is a sort of like personal experience and also has sort of grand implications in our society because of how widespread it is. And it's, it's a choice that you make as a creator to have that in your series because you need to understand that as as somebody who's creating content, you have a responsibility to understand the context in which your content is coming out. You're not creating in a vacuum. You're you're not able to just say anything and then shrug it off like you had no idea what those words meant because that's your whole your whole vibe is putting together these words or these images in the period of time in which you are alive. And so you know when. I remember these debates about the Game of Thrones series a while back when there was lots of sexual violence and there were some people who were like, I am pro-sexual violence being shown because it's historically accurate. And there were other people who were anti because it was uncomfortable and arguably unnecessary. And, 
you know, we've talked about Goblin Slayer, where there's an act of sexual violence that is almost sexualized in and of itself. And so it's like, instead of showing you how horrible it is, it's showing you how hot she is while it's happening to her. And so, I, you know, this little tangent here is just to say there are ways to do this correctly and there are ways to do this incorrectly. And I think that JoJo's Bizarre Adventure generally tends toward a sort of like misogynist sensibility that is from the standpoint of of a kind of lewd impulse of a man that isn't really thinking about women as people and is more thinking about them as sex objects which is not to say that the author does not view women as people but in those scenes he doesn't seem to um and you can we can have a philosophical debate on what that means in a grander scale if you'd like but not here uh but yeah i think part six is doing slightly better only because it's set in a prison (laughs) and and, like violence of guards against prisoners is a real thing and the scenario in which this happens in those first three chapters felt believable and if this weren't a jojo's story i might not have even caught it might not have caught my attention in the same way because i know jojo's is a frequently misogynist series that has regrettable portrayals of women and of how women are treated by men. And here is another one. But if it weren't in that long, you know, regrettable line of things, I might not have noticed it. All of that said, I actually found this to be pretty interesting. It reminded me of part four in which I felt like things were a little different from those first three parts. Things felt a little more directed, a little more focused. It felt like we weren't pulling everything out of our ass every second. And uh, yeah, I felt the lack of stands here pretty keenly. I don't know if this is a series that moves away from stands or if it's just building up to them slowly. Um, But yeah, her powers are interesting. They are weird and mysterious. They seem like they have a lot of implications that could be really fascinating. I felt decently hooked by this. Um, If it weren't a JoJo's series, I'd probably be much more enthusiastic about it. Because of my negative reaction to JoJo's, I am medium on it. Yeah. Hey, Blake, uh, what did we watch this week? All right. This was a suggestion from Zykotix in our Discord. If you'd like to join the Discord and tell me what you want us to watch, do that. Uh, This is called Backstreet Girls, colon, Goku Dolls. Oh my god, the show. So this show... There are three Yakuza guys who mess up in a way that I don't know what they did. I don't think it's important, but they messed up bigly and they are going to their boss and they're like, we fucked up. Please forgive us. You know, don't kill us. And the boss is like, no, it's okay. I have a way that you can earn your redemption. And that is to get a sex change operation so that you can become an idol pop group and make me money in the music industry. This so is this, madness, by the way. This, this, is this a, entire setup is just, it's just yeah. insane. Also, it, the, the, the execution is just as crazy. Yeah. So they, so the, the, the result is that this show is a series of 
scenes mostly focusing on a group of cute girls who are a pop idol group trying to rise up from a sort of like local club pop idol group to a you know countrywide or larger stardom level pop idol group but they are uh men who were forced to get a gender reassignment operation out of that being the option compared to being killed and they picked continuing to live and now they are a pop idol group so they are brazen and manly in ways that are unbecoming of the girls of pop idol groups that are supposed to be cute but they also have stereotypical understanding of pop idols and girls in general that they try to whip out every once in a while and then are sort of rejected for their girls seeming like stereotypes and consequently insincere and also they're still connected to the yakuza so they have to sort of like jump when the yakuza boss says jump it is an interesting and complicated and weird premise yeah it's deeply weird it's um it's also it's also one of those that like the premise is so it it's so one joke to me that I could have done with this being like a like a short series or like a little like a a one off sort of thing uh-huh. um, because Even the way that the way that they make the joke and the the way that they make the jokes about the different characters I'm like I could watch a couple of episodes of this and then just be like, I get the joke. I'm done. Yeah. And like, I don't care about them becoming this pop group. I don't think that they really care about becoming this pop group. They're just trying to survive. Um, yeah. and after the joke sort of wears off, it's just, it's kind of like a one trick pony for me. Like, like I, I'm, it, it, it's also like, it's pretty funny in the fact that it's timing is pretty good it also has like some straight up actual laugh out loud moment moments um where like the yakuza yakuza guys are like uh pop girls on stage and then when they go backstage they're like you know sitting like a bunch of yakuza guys with uh like smoking cigarettes and stuff so like yeah there's there's the conversations they have is are pretty funny there's also like cutaway moments where they're just like, I can't believe I'm doing this that are pretty funny too. But it's, it's also one of those that I'm like, I I think, I think if you like these kind of jokey anime, um, it, it will definitely hit you and you will enjoy it for, I don't know, um, as many episodes as you can kind of go along with the joke. Um, but I think I was, I think I was by, I I watched three of them and by the third one, I was just like, "Ah, it kind of wore off on me. Um, Yeah. So I, I think it, I think it also gets away with at least three episodes for me. Um, not just like a single where like I get the joke because the execution of the animation is also pretty solid. Um, Mm -hmm. and the joke, the joke timing is also pretty solid. So I, I don't think that it's a badly done anime. I just think that it's just kind of like one note. Yeah, I I almost 100% agree with that. Like uh, pretty pretty much spot on with my reaction. I would say obviously, you know, trying to be sensitive about these things. This is technically playing in the space of transgenderism, 
but it is not even kind of about being transgender. Yeah, at all. And I think that because of that, it's able to get away with a lot of these jokes. And what's good is that it's not, it is not playing into the fact that it's living in a space that is, you know, a half step away from transgenderism. You know, these are not character. These are characters who changed their gender, but they, I guess the key difference is that transgender people, you know, transgender people, specifically the transgender people that change from one end of the gender spectrum to the other, that go from male to female or, or backwards rather than sort of finding themselves somewhere in in the middle of there. um, They are doing that because they recognize the sort of like roles that those gender expressions take in our society. And they feel that they were given the wrong one inside and they want their outside to match their inside. This is the opposite. These guys are dudes. They are not women. They don't want to be women. They are forced to become women outwardly. And the joke is that they're still men inside. So they do things like sit with their legs spread apart, swear, smoke, etc. They drink a lot at night, which is apparently not a thing. Although I don't know if that's a pop idol or a girl thing, but you know, there's a lot of jokes about that. And yeah, I would agree with Spencer. I think that the show, uh, uh, I was cringing away from it a little bit at first because I was worried we were going to get too much into transgender territory. And as somebody who's not transgender, I might be ignorant. You know, you, you don't know what you don't know. But for me, this seems to be almost coincidentally related uh, it's using the fact that gender reassignment surgery is a thing in our society to tell a story that's kind of not about that, um, or or at least not in the way that transgender stories would be. And so I think I'm able to relax about that a little bit, and I'm very welcoming welcome to anybody who disagrees with me or has more personal experience with that. So I was a little uncomfortable at first because of those direct lines that you could draw between transgenderism and this story. Then once I realized that we weren't really going to go there and it wasn't really going to be a series of purposeful or purposeful or accidental slights against the transgender community, I relaxed a little bit. I found it decently enjoyable. And then, yeah, by about halfway through episode two, I was like, all right, there aren't any new jokes here. Like there are a few new characters and there were a few bright spots later on in, in those first three episodes. Um, I particularly like the, uh, the twist that they put on another character being put through this and how it doesn't work out in the same way for that character as it does for the main three. And that was kind of uh, not super unexpected, but it was fun to see. Uh, there's lots of fun aspects to this, but it is super one note. If you think that girls acting like guys or guys trapped in a girl's body and being forced to choose how to act is a laugh riot, you're going to love this. If you think that that's a little funny and you want them to expand on it constantly and find new and fresh ways to explore that idea, you'll be bored by episode three because they really are just telling the same jokes over and over again. Yeah. Um, I know they bring in like a they bring in like a consultant that's going to help them become a better pop group, and he's worked with a bunch of them, and he is sort of floored by how masculine and ungirly they are, and that's fun. And then every other interaction they have with him is the exact same reaction. I would also mm-hmm. note that this has a lot of that anime comedy, which is a big reason why I don't like anime comedies, which is that it relies only slightly on 
It doesn't rely so much on jokes or clever twists as it relies on zany scenarios and then characters yelling loudly about how zany this thing is. And it's just, it's a little bit too much of a, this is a joke, let me explain to you why it's funny. And it just doesn't work for me. But if you like anime comedy, that's a super common trope in anime comedy. Um, I don't think that this show is like super problematic, although I put a big asterisk there based on what I was saying earlier. And I just think it's a little boring. But uh, if this is if this is the type of joke that you like, there are one note jokes that I just eat up. And so I'm it's no shade. If this is your type of humor, you're going to enjoy this. Um, If it's not, I think you'll enjoy the first few episodes and you'll probably get bored with it about the same time I did. Yeah. Okay. Well, stick with us after these credits and we'll uh, give you another important life lesson. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions and presented as part of the Geekly Grind podcast network. Sound editing is done by Rashad English. He's our level 13 sound wizard. 13? Did he jump even more levels? He gained a lot of experience by defeating the Dark Lord of Smooth Jazz. Do you mean Chuck Mangione from King of the Hill? Rashad is the King of the Hill now. Damn it, Bobby. Anyway, our podcast is ad-free, and if you want to keep it that way, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Follow us on Twitter at B&S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash Get Jumped. Also, we have a Discord server. You can find the links to that on all of our social media platforms. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New review episodes come out every Monday, and new rewatch episodes appear every Friday. And hey, thanks for listening. Hello, my name is Jeremy Snow, owner and editor-in-chief of The Geekly Grind. We interrupt your awesome, regularly scheduled programming to ensure you're aware of the Geekly Grind podcast network, of which this show is a treasured member of. If you haven't had a chance to check out our site, you can do so at thegeeklygrind.com, and while you're there, take a look at the other members of our steadily growing podcast family, including the anime-centric Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, discovering new heroes on comic book keepers with Chris and Lance, exploring the vast universe of geekdom with Geeksploration, or appreciating animation's finer details with JD's Ink and Paint Club. Escape your weekly grind at the Geekly Grind. We'll see you next week, and until then... Uh, don't? Don't you listen to what's happening in the other room, especially if you're doing it with your finger. Like, just don't don't put your finger in the other room. Uh, don't put your finger in somebody else's nose. Um, don't put your finger... There's a lot of places to not put your finger. Just don't do it. <laughs> <laughs>